We now bring you pro-life activism from creation to death with Jim Sedlak. Hello and welcome to pro-life activism from creation to death. This program is intended for all those involved in the struggle to build a culture of life in the United States. On this program, we try to keep you up to date on what's going on, and and today will be no exception. We're going to be talking about pro-life activism in the world of the coronavirus, and we have a special guest coming on uh, to fill us in on some of the happenings. Uh, But before we get into that, uh, we want to begin our show the way we always begin our show, and that is by saying a Hail Mary together to ask the Blessed Mother to shower God's graces on all involved in today's program so that our discussion will lead us to the message that she wants each of us to get at this moment. And so if you would join me, please. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Thank you so much for saying that prayer with me. It is always a good idea whenever you start a new activity during the day to call on the Blessed Mother to shower God's graces on what you are doing so that you know it will turn out the way God and the Blessed Mother want it to turn out. Okay, we, we're, we're all fighting the coronavirus and, and we're all uh, dealing with all the restrictions and everything that are being put on it. And, and I have a special guest today. His name is, is Stephen Crampton. He is the senior counsel at the Thomas More Society, and he has been involved with some pro-life activists and pro-life advocates uh, who have been peacefully praying outside of uh, abortion facilities, even as we go through the uh, the coronavirus issue. And we're going to talk about that. Steve, welcome to the show. So good to be with you, Jim. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you. You know, uh Thomas More Society is my favorite pro-life legal organization. You guys do so much out there and are doing so much around the country. Before we get into the specific topic today, could you just tell my audience a little bit about the Thomas More Society and what you guys are doing? Sure. Thomas More Society uh, has been around for over 20 years, uh, focusing primarily on uh, pro-life defense and activism. Uh, We educate, we litigate, we uh, we deal with government entities, and we have a reach from coast to coast. We have attorneys spread out, especially during this time of uh, these so-called stay-home orders and uh, almost martial law. We have been busier, perhaps, than we've ever been trying to maintain and uh, support the pro-life activists who recognize that our rights don't come from government. They come from God, and government cannot take away, especially our First Amendment rights, be out there interceding and uh, speaking up for those innocent children who are destined for death and have no voice of their own. So we're out there on the front lines right now helping the, the people on the streets, as I say, coast to coast. Well, that is fantastic. It is it is much needed. I know uh, we used to run the, the National Pro-Life T-Shirt Day, uh, which now yeah. is, is being run by the Culture of Life Studies program. But uh, whenever our, our students got any flack for wearing the T-shirts, it was the Thomas More Society that was right there defending their rights. And, and we are just so much in debt to all that you do. Well, very kind of you to say so. Okay. Now, I'd like to get into the specific thing that's going on right now in North Carolina, um, where uh, some pro-life advocates down there uh, ran into trouble with the local 
police, with the local community, um, just following the law. So maybe you can explain a little bit about what happened there. Sure. First, a little background. We're talking about Greensboro, North Carolina in particular, where there is a single abortion clinic known as a woman's choice of Greensboro. And uh, over the past several months, and perhaps even dating back beyond that, there has been an ever-increasing pro-life, always peaceful presence there uh, with folks engaged in various activities. There's an ultrasound unit that's there. There are some sidewalk counselors that are there. But there are a uh, has been, at least, uh, an increasing number of folks just engaging in what they call prayer walks, where they just silently, mostly silently, some will pray out loud, uh, walk on the public sidewalk near the clinic and wear a, a pro-life T-shirt that love life, most of them, and uh, silently pray and intercede for the mothers and for the uh, children that are uh, destined for death inside there. Well, since the imposition of the emergency orders, the what we call stay-home orders, uh, the numbers, of course, have decreased. But those stay-home orders, and in particular this one, specifically allow gatherings of up to 10 people, so long as you observe what they call the social distancing requirements, remaining six feet apart and practicing good uh, cleanliness. They bring hand sanitizer with them and that sort of thing. And yet, in spite of their compliance, in spite of their meeting all the details of those stay-home orders, and in spite of the fact that they're on the public sidewalk, when they arrived on Saturday morning, the police were essentially lying in wait for them. Uh, our clients were among the first. There was just a group of four or five of them. I believe it was only four. And when uh, the police came and stood right in their way as they're trying to do their prayer walk and ordered them, get back in your car and go home. It wasn't even get in your car and leave this place. It was go home. Uh, they tried to respectfully engage the officers in uh, an explanation as to why their activities were permitted under the stay-home order, which expressly encourages so-called outdoor activity, walking, jogging, biking, and so forth. And, of course, they're just walking. The officer said, we're not here to debate it. If you don't leave, you will be arrested. Well, our clients left, and uh, subsequent groups came, and uh, some of them actually were arrested, handcuffed, and hauled away because they were out there trying to walk and pray. So we filed a federal lawsuit seeking a temporary restraining order because, in our view, A, the stay-home order is pretty clear that it allows this activity, and B, the First Amendment trumps pretty much everything. <laughs> so while we're not encouraging anybody to undertake uh, activity that puts anyone's health at risk, we are certainly standing up for the rights of those who comply with reasonable health requirements and yet seek to exercise First Amendment rights. Well, I I mean, your your response obviously was very quick uh, since this thing only happened uh, last Saturday. Uh, and, and it's just absolutely mind boggling um, the police action there. But, you know, in, in, in my experience and, and probably in yours, uh, there's probably some people on the police force who have a close relationship with the people who run the abortion mill. Um, and, and that's why they were out there. Well, I'll add this, Jim. You're probably right about the police. I mean, this particular lieutenant, not Dan, not was so abrasive and just uh, over the top with his uh, manner of handling the situation. It really is troubling. But deeper than that, I would suggest, is the city leadership is very strongly uh, in favor of the abortion industry. And uh, it looks for all the world like the growing presence out there. That's why I kind of set it up with that background. This is a very convenient excuse, shall we say, these emergency orders to shut down the pro-life presence. And 
do away with what they see as kind of pesky interlopers, right? Absolutely. It's, it's, it's actually a, a testimony to the effectiveness of the pro-lifers being out there, because if they if they were not being effective in reaching the women and, and dissuading some women from having abortions, nobody would care. But because they're effective, you know, it would seem to me that that's why they're so upset. Excellent point. I think you're right. Uh, I think you're exactly right. And so, you know, we're getting some uh, feedback uh, your people, I think, understand where we're coming from and the importance of this issue. But there are those, even um, uh, occasionally supporters of Thomas More Society and the pro-life efforts in general, who want to suggest, hey, under this stay-home order, under this particular severe pandemic crisis, we ought to just forego all those activities. And yet, when you think about it, mortality rate inside the abortion clinic is 100% for those innocent children. This particular stay home, home order and several across the country, statewide even, encourage the, uh, and in fact protect as an essential business, these abortion clinics. And so if babies are being killed inside that clinic, what ought to be the response of the church and the freedom-loving people everywhere, whether you're uh, a believer or not? And it seems to me we have to kind of step back and make sure that we're not just sort of going down the path of least resistance and basically looking to government for all our needs and, and willingly, voluntarily forfeiting our fundamental constitutional rights. Well, absolutely. And, and you know, people need to realize, and, it's, and I know as part of your message, that uh, there are more babies dying at abortion mills in the United States every day than the, those that are dying from coronavirus. Um, you know, That's it's... So true. it's yeah, the, the the coronavirus is very bad, and and, and we we obviously uh, want to fight that. But more deaths are taking place in abortion mills. So true, and the death is certain inside the abortion mill. What is it? Less than three percent, I think, mortality rate with the coronavirus. Last I heard. Uh, again, not to downplay the seriousness of the uh, the problem, but we cannot lose sight of what we're about in this nation and what we ought to be about as the body of Christ. So when you have this situation in, in Greensboro and, and now they, you know, they, they, they've arrested some people. They told your clients to, to go home. Um, you know, what are the next steps? What, what, what would be happening next as you pursue this? Well, as a matter of fact, as we're on the phone right now, I'm awaiting a call back from opposing counsel. We are uh, working on cementing a hearing date of next week. Uh, we're hopeful that it will be Tuesday, April 7th. We'd appreciate the prayers for that and uh, take the matter to the federal judge, and we're seeking an order that simply states that the law enforcement in Greensboro cannot take this stay-home order as an excuse to arrest or cite or order our people to go home when they're engaging in not only constitutionally protected activity, but also activity that's expressly permitted under their own stay-home order. It would seem to be a slam dunk. I hope you get the right judge. <laughs> you, you would uh, hope so, but you never know in these circumstances, right? Uh, there, there is a general sense in the federal courts, as you probably well know, Jim, and, and not just limited to the courts, where um, pro-life activists on the sidewalk and in the public ways in America are basically treated like second-class citizens. Others are free to enjoy their constitutional rights. Uh, ends and civil rights movements and so on, but so often in the pro-life cause, we are kind of uh, given a back a backseat sort of uh, place if we're even allowed a, a place at the table. So 
we can't take anything for granted. But yeah, I think the law and the facts are very strongly on our side here. Are, are you uh, are you also seeing this kind of thing in other places around the around the country that that uh, you you're getting involved in? Thank you for asking. Yes, sir. Our phones are ringing off the hook with these issues. We have uh, heard from uh, Maryland and Virginia, Florida, from, of course, other places in uh, North Carolina. We have one in San Francisco right now. We have Washington State. Almost everywhere across the country, these orders, with some variations with local uh, preferences and so forth, are coming down, and more and more, the police are uh, kind of becoming emboldened about shutting down pro-life activities. Almost every single order we've seen, in fact, I don't think there's an exception, contains this uh, outdoor activity exception as permitted action. And yet, in spite of that, all over the country, these folks are getting hassled and being really forced to shut down. So in many respects, I think this Greensboro case becomes something of a, uh, a test case. And it will be a precedent for good or for ill going forward. So there's a lot riding on. Absolutely crazy. And, and you, you didn't mention it up front, but I will let my audience know that, that the Thomas More Society is also uh, the, the law firm that is defending David Leiden and all of his um, court cases and, and charges, et cetera, out in California just for doing some undercover journalist work and, and, uh, and recording Planned Parenthood selling baby body parts. Yes, thank you for, for mentioning that. Obviously, uh, a huge case, and even that case has been impacted and slowed as a result of the uh, pandemic and so forth. But, uh, yeah, the assault, you might say, in the courts and really on the streets against the pro-life message and, and what we stand for is still at, I would argue, a, an all-time high here, even as more and more folks stand up and speak out for the unborn. So, it's a very dynamic and uh, fast-moving situation out there. Well, you know, the, the, the name of my show includes pro-life activism uh, yeah. from creation to death. Um, in these times and from what you're seeing, uh, if my listeners wanted to get involved in pro-life activism, uh, do you have any recommendations for them as to how to do it in these times? Well, I really uh, appreciate that question as well. I mean, one of our... Uh, Clients that uh, is very active at this time is Sidewalk Advocates for Life. You might uh, check those uh, folks out. There are, of course, pro-life ministries coast to coast that are very uh, well organized and very careful to follow the uh, dictates of the law when they are in accord with constitutional requirements. The uh, options and opportunities are legion. Pro-life action league, of course, is very close with us. Um, shoot, contact our office and, and look at thomasmoresociety.org uh, up on the website, and we'll be happy to direct you to the local ministries that you can plug right in on. Well, I, that's fantastic. You know, uh, in these times with all of the work that, that you have going on, um, obviously um, there, there's a funding issue. Um, and uh, just if, if you would tell my audience if they want to support the work of the, of the Thomas More Society, um, what's the best way to do that? If they have some funds that, that are available and they're looking where yeah. to put it in the pro-life movement, how, how would they get that to you? Jim, again, it's very kind of you to ask. And we understand that the funds are limited right now. But look, uh, we are out there. We're out there for the sidewalk advocates. We're out there for you, uh, protecting the lives of the innocent unborn as well as the rights of those that are advocating for them. So just go to our website, thomasmoresociety.org. Thomas More Society, all running together, no spaces, dot org. All right. 
and, and you'll find the donate button. You'll also find a lot of information yeah. about what's going on uh, with the Thomas More Society, which which is a whole lot. I know you're busy. Do you have any? And I, I know you're busy, and I'd be happy to talk to you for another half an hour. Um, but yeah. but you know, I know you said you're waiting for a phone call, et cetera. Um, yeah. What 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 other information or what final information would you have for my audience? Well, just this, Jim. These are these are trying times for us all, and uh, we cannot lose hope. We cannot lose faith. We know in the end, uh, our God is supreme and sovereign, and oversees and overrules all efforts of man. And so. I would just encourage your audience, let's be hopeful, let's be prayerful, but let's also remain active on behalf of the unborn. Together, we can make a real difference. Well, that is very, very encouraging and uplifting. You know, I really want to thank you for coming on just to let my audience know this story on the North Carolina. We saw this early this morning, placed a phone call to you, and, and you were willing to come on this show uh, basically with less than an hour notice just to, to inform the audience and to give them the information. And I so appreciate that. Well, thank you, Jim. And listen, thanks for all you do. God bless you. All right. God bless you too, Steve. All right. That, that was Steve Crampton. That was Steve Crampton. And uh, he is the senior counsel at the Thomas More Society. And uh, you, you heard what's going on. The, the, uh, the pro-lifers in this country are following the law. They are reading the stay at the stay at home orders in the various states. They are seeing that outdoor activity is encouraged. They are seeing that that uh, being outdoors on a public property, in this case in, in Greensboro, North Carolina, it was on a public sidewalk. Um, and as long as they say six feet apart and have less than 10 people, then all of that is legal under what the the orders that are that are out there. But in some locations, and, and the one we've been talking about is Greensboro, but as Steve indicated, it's happening all around the country. Um, the local political establishment and the local police departments are deciding that this is an opportunity to harass pro-lifers. Now, the, the, there, there are a number of responses to that. Some, some of our uh, listeners will say, well, I, I don't want any part of that. I'm not going to go out there and, and I'm, I'm going to stay you know, inside or I'm going to stay other places, but I'll pray for the people that do go out there. And that, that you know, could be a legitimate response. Uh, um, other people say, no, you know, we have our rights. We're pro-lifers. And just because we're pro-lifers doesn't mean we have our rights. There are babies being killed, right? over 2,000 babies a day. Uh, across the United States, we all we frequently talk about Planned Parenthood. There were 947 a day just at Planned Parenthood locations, but all these babies are being killed every day, and there is no reason under the current law that pro-lifers can't be out in limited numbers at the abortion facilities to do what they can to help the women and to ha show them that it is not necessary to kill their child, and. That's a legitimate response also. So for those of you who um, can see yourselves going out, we don't encourage anybody to be arrested. We encourage you. We would encourage you to do what, what the, uh, the first group of, of uh, four people that went out there in Greensboro did. They tried to, to exercise their constitutional rights, even under the stay-at-home laws, and to peacefully, prayerfully have a presence outside the abortion facility when the police made it absolutely clear that they would ever they would have to leave or get arrested they left but then they called the thomas moore 
society and, and got legal representation and are fighting this thing uh, legally. And we would encourage you to do that, right? Not, not to wind up in jail. That's not the purpose. The purpose is to be in front of these clinics peacefully and prayerfully to talk to the women who are going in. And yes, you should maintain that, that six foot distance, but six foot is, is not very far to have a conversation. Okay. You can still talk probably in your normal voice and have a conversation with a woman who is going in asking her, you know, what, wh- why are you having this abortion? Can we help you? You know, can we help you financially? Can we help you with, with childcare? What, what can we do to help you so you don't need to have this abortion or don't think you need to have this abortion? And, and so that's what you can do. So even though we're, we're in, you know, really tough times right now, uh, even though there are these orders, these what they call stay-at-home orders, but if you have one in your community, just read it, see what's allowed. And as uh, Steve said, in almost every one of these stay-at-home orders, because of the nature of the coronavirus, um, people are encouraged to get out of the house and to get out into the fresh air because that's what helps reduce the spread of the virus as long as they do it, maintaining a distance of at least six feet and not having more than 10 people congregate together, you know, with that six foot distancing. So it's, you're not putting yourself in danger just going out into the fresh air. It's actually good for you is what the health people are saying. So we encourage you all to do that. Uh, and if you run into trouble, you now know who you can call. Uh, you can go to their website, thomasmoresociety.org and, and find out uh, all you need to know and all their contact information and everything. So we encourage you to do that. And we are very happy that Steve uh, Crampton was able to come on our show today on very short notice uh, to, to bring us up to date on what's going on. Okay. Uh, I want to talk about a couple of things. First of all, we're, we're going to just give you a little bit more information on what's going on uh, with the uh, with the coronavirus and pro-life work. I mean, you're, you're going to get enough on your regular news about, you know, the spread of the coronavirus and where it's you know heavy and where it's not heavy and all of that. That's not what we're going to do. But we're going to talk about some of the things that are going on. And, and one of the things that has been very, very clear um, is and, and is Planned Parenthood. Now, as, if you're just tuning in, we talk a lot about Planned Parenthood because Planned Parenthood runs the abortion, largest abortion chain in the nation, right? They, they, uh, they run some 53% of all of the abortion clinics, which means if you add up all of the other abortion clinics, Put them all together. They don't run as many as, as Planned Parenthood runs. Um, they, they kill it at their, their last releases. They kill 40% of the abortions in this country. So, so they, um, kill 40% of the babies that die through abortion in the United States. So that's why we spend a lot of time on those. Uh, the Planned Parenthood is always telling people that abortion is, is not a main part of their business, that abortion is just a little part of their business. They they used to say 3% of their business was abortion. Uh, they've now recently admitted that to 4%, of course, th- those are ridiculously low numbers, um, but, but that's what they try to convince people, and, and they do convince a lot of people. And I know even some pro-lifers, when we travel places, say, well, you know, yeah, Planned Parenthood does abortion, but they do so many other good services. And, 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 and they don't, by the way, um, and, and we 
can discuss all of that at you know at some point if somebody you know wants to discuss all of the other services at Planned Parenthood and why they're all either equally problematic or um, they do it because, for example, they they do cancer screening, uh, breast cancer screening, and uh, cervical cancer screening, but then they sell the birth control pill and other similar products. Uh, that the World Health Organization says cause in human beings cervical cancer, breast cancer, and liver cancer. So they sell the products that cause these cancers, and then they claim they're being wonderful by testing for these cancers that are a result of the products they sell. It's 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 incredible what they do. But uh, if we look at what Planned Parenthood is doing now during this coronavirus, and I'm not going to take a lot of the show on this, but there, there's uh, five points that I just want to make very quickly for you. And I hope it, it will kind of demonstrate Planned Parenthood's dedication to abortion. Okay. So first of all, um, there are two Planned Parenthood affiliates in the state of Pennsylvania that announced the closing of eight of its offices, eight of its clinics. These two, these two affiliates, um, they, they run a, a total of um, 15, uh, I'm sorry, of 17 clinics. They're going to close eight of them. These are all the clinics that provide services other than abortion. Okay. So they're closing down all the facilities they have that don't do abortions, but they're keeping open nine other facilities. And they said that those nine other facilities would stop all of their other services and just do abortions. All right. So they have, have effectively shut down all of their supposedly good services so that they can keep open nine clinics that do and at those clinics will only do abortions. This is Planned Parenthood that really abortion is not part of their, you know, big part of their business, right? right? This, is, this is what they did. Now, you may say, well, okay, well, that happens in Pennsylvania. Well, it doesn't only happen in Pennsylvania. In the state of Illinois, and this is the second point, in the state of Illinois, Planned Parenthood closed down 11 of the 17 um, clinics that they have in the state. The six that they've kept open are the ones that commit surgical abortions, okay? So they, they kept open the abortion facilities, particularly the, the surgical, and there were actually five of them are surgical abortions. One of them just does medication abortions, but they kept them open. And they said they were going to move all of the, they're going to move their staff from the other closed facilities over to these facilities so that they could serve more people at these facilities, which are the abortion facilities, okay? That's in Illinois. So we've talked about Pennsylvania and Illinois. If you want to move to New York, right? We New York announced uh, the Planned Parenthood of Greater New York, right? That that uh, has 28 clinics in the the southern and and western part of New York State. They run 28 clinics, right? Uh, they said that they are going to take all of their services. Right, all of these supposed good services, and they're going to do them virtually, so people didn't have to come into the office. And they're going to set up a virtual providing of these services uh, by way of the internet, okay, um, and by by way of, of, of telecommunications. Uh, but 
They're going to keep 23 of the 28 open because those 23 are the ones that do abortions and they will continue to do abortions at those 23 locations. Planned Parenthood of Greater New York, once again, shut down all of the other services, but keep doing abortions. This is showing you where Planned Parenthood puts its emphasis. Our final state would be out in, in California, right? In, in the Los Angeles area, you know, California, well, out, out in, in California, Planned Parenthood has closed down 11 clinics in the state of, of California, right? Uh, only five of them do medication abortions, but they have kept open 90 facilities in the state, most of which also do abortions. So, again, even in California, they're, they're, when they're closing down, most of the clinics they're closing down don't do surgical or medical abortions. To, to make matters even worse, Planned Parenthood of Los Angeles put out an email late last week in which they sought to raise money. It was a fundraising email. And the fundraising email listed why they needed money at this time during the coronavirus, why Planned Parenthood needs money. And the first thing that they had on the list was that Planned Parenthood needs money so that they could purchase the scarce masks and other personal protection equipment that is in shortage all over the United States. Now, I understand this. Planned Parenthood is now competing with your hospitals and your other medical facilities for these personal protection equipments, you know, booties, masks, all of these kinds of things. They're competing with Planned Parenthood, and Planned Parenthood is trying to raise money so it can buy this stuff that the hospitals are seeking for. I have a, a friend who's, whose son is a physician's assistant uh, and, and uh, is being trained in, in uh, the coronavirus and treating uh, COVID-19. Um, he works 12-hour days, and, and what he tells his father is that he wears a mask that is supposed to be worn for four hours, but because they it's in such short supply, he has to wear it for 12 hours, uh, spraying it with Lysol and stuff to try to keep himself protected. And then Planned Parenthood is out there trying to buy these masks up for their own use and not for the use of the people and, and, and who are trying to protect us from coronavirus. And by the way, just so you know, Planned Parenthood provides no treatment for the coronavirus. Nothing. Right. In fact, they tell you if you suspect you have the coronavirus or if you do have the coronavirus, don't come to our facilities. We can't help you. All right. So this is not a case of Planned Parenthood providing, you know, coronavirus help and treatments. They don't. They're just keeping their abortion facilities open. So this is the organization that we rail against a lot. Okay. You know that if you listen to us, this pandemic is just demonstrating why why we are so upset about what Planned Parenthood does. Okay, I'm going to get off that kick now. So we've talked about the, the coronavirus, and, and for those of you just tuning in, my name is Jim Sedlak, and you're listening to Pro-Life Activism from Creation to Death on RadioMaria.us, a Christian voice in your home. And I'm going to switch topics completely now, and we're going to talk about Next week, 
and especially a week from Sunday. Uh, I will not be on the air next Friday. Next Friday is Good Friday, and Radio Maria does not run any live programs. They may run a repeat of of uh, another show that I've done, but they won't run. They don't run live programs because they give their staff off on Good Friday and on Easter Sunday. So you won't hear any any live programs on those two days. It's, there's only a few days a year. Uh, where they do, you know, close down their operations, basically, although you will, you know, if you tune into Radio Maria, you'll hear it because a lot of their programs are pre-recorded. Uh, this program is done live on, on Friday afternoons and then is repeated as a recording on Saturday evenings. Um, but, but there will be no live program next week. So I, I want to talk to you about um, Palm Sunday and Holy Week. And let's just think about this. This is going to be a, a Palm Sunday and a Holy Week um, like no other that we've ever had. And it is it is really crazy. Um, please keep in touch with your local churches, um, especially your local Catholic churches, to find out what it is they are doing uh, so that you can participate as much as you can. For example, um, here at work this morning, we had a, a, a gentleman come in who says that his pastor at a Catholic church here in Virginia um, has announced uh, by way of, of email and, and on the, uh, the church's website that he has blessed palm that he is going to have available in the church starting today and that parishioners are welcome to come to the church and to take, you know, a, a small amount, one strand, two strands, you know, just a little bit so that there's enough for everybody. But people are welcome to come to the church and get their blessed palms. Right? Obviously, there's not a set time because they don't want everybody showing up at the time. So they're hoping that people will space themselves out and that, you know, a few people an hour will come or a few people every 15 minutes will come and will pick up their blessed palms so that the the, uh, the parishioners will have blessed palms for Palm Sunday, even though they won't be able to go to Mass, because here in Virginia, as in most of the country, if not all, um, but here in Virginia, you know, Masses, and well, all religious gatherings, including Catholic Masses, be, have been uh, banned uh, until, you know, the, the virus crisis is, is over with. Um, but here is one pastor, at least, who is making the blessed palms available. So um, you might want to call your pastors if, if there has been no announcement so far and ask them if there is a way that you can, you know, pick up some palms. You know, and, and please don't hoard them. Right. You know, uh, you don't need, you know, 15 palm branches. Um, you know, but but if there is, then then pick up the palms. Uh, find out what what is going on in services. There are many churches, although they they are not allowed to say masses. The the buildings themselves are open. Um, the particular church that I go to here in Fredericksburg, Virginia, has exposition of the Blessed Sacrament, so you can do go in and do adoration as long as you you know uh, stay more than six feet away from anybody else who is in there. You know, follow the rules, but you can do them. So um, even though it's it's not going to be the kind of uh, uh, Palm Sunday that you may be, you know, familiar with and used to, and, you know, I know some of the, the people in our extended family actually celebrate more on Palm Sunday than they do on, on Easter Sunday, but um, you can still celebrate, right? You can still celebrate Jesus 
coming into the city of Jerusalem. Uh, you can you can still in, in some places have palms, freshly breathed palms, um, to be able to to add to your to your celebration. So just find out what is going on in your local churches. And then of course comes Holy Week, and you have you know Holy Week, which is you know culminates there on on the, on the, the Thursday, Friday, and and uh, then on to Sunday. But um, on the, on Thursday, of course, you you have the uh, the last supper uh, on and being celebrated and, and and commemorated, and then on Friday is the Passion and Death of our Lord. And although you know many places are not going to have uh, stations of the cross as they would normally have with a mass number of people, you can still make the stations of the cross, um, even if it's done from your home. Um, you can, you know, depending on where you live, you can walk outside, which everybody is recommending you do, and just uh, say uh, the stations of the cross as you walk across your property or, you know, on the sidewalks in the subdivision that you live in. Uh, these are all things that, that you can do. You can, you, if you have a family and, and you have the family at home, uh, you can make the stations of the cross together. There in your living room or your dining room, but whatever is the most convenient place, the, the recreation room, um, just just you know take some time, you know, and have the stations of the cross, and you can either pass around the book, or everybody have a copy of the sheet, but but you can take some time, and on that Good Friday, um, you can make the stations of the cross. You can also check out the schedule here on Radio Maria. Um, the schedule is, is always published, and you can find out when Radio Maria is going to be doing things like the Stations of the Cross. And, of course, we always do the rosary. Um, and, uh, and, you know, during the week before Good Friday, um, there's always masses that are being said that, that you can tune into on, on Radio Maria, and you can listen to the masses. Don't try to do it on Saturday because there are no masses on Saturday Um before between Good Friday and, and Easter Sunday, the Catholic Church doesn't have any masses because Jesus is in the grave, right? He has not yet risen. So um, basically after the crucifixion on, on Friday up until the resurrection, which is dawn of Easter Sunday, there are no masses being said. So but you can, you can certainly pray. Uh, you can pray the rosary if, you know, uh, rosary is always a good prayer, and you will find a number of places here during the day on Radio Maria where you can join in the rosary with other listeners. Um, it is not something that you absolutely, even if you live alone, you don't have to do it alone. You can do it with other people simply by listening to this radio station. Uh, so this radio station is going to help you through the next week. And and that's something I want to point out. You know, we, we do a lot of things here at Radio Maria. Uh, we have a lot of programs, programs like, like this one on pro-life activism, but a lot of other programs uh, here. Um, and and very often during the, uh, the year, uh, at least two times during the year, and sometimes a little more often, we do some fundraising so that we can keep our facilities open. And what what you need to know is this is the time for which Radio Maria is most important when you can't get to your local church, when there are no masses being said that you can attend at your local church, uh, when there are no rosary sessions that you can go to and pray your rosary with a lot of other people. All of that you can do here on Radio Maria. Okay, it's the value of the of the radio station. It's the value of the network. It's part of 
big part of why Radio Maria exists is to bring all of this to you in your home. And this pandemic is demonstrating the absolute value of Radio Maria to you. I know you listen because you wouldn't be hearing this if you don't listen. And so think about Radio Maria as your lifeline to God. Right? You speak to God, but if you want to want to have the, the services and stuff um, available to you so that you can at least participate at a distance, it, they're here. And just look at the schedule. Just keep in mind the schedule. If you go to radiomaria.us, which is the website, um, the, the full schedule is there. Right? And you can look at it, and actually they, they – they can show it for whatever time zone you're in, and so you can you can get the the right information for what you're doing. So so that is very very important. And then of course we're going to have Easter Sunday, and Easter Sunday is you know there, there's not going to be any Easter parades, there's not going to be any huge masses. You know our church here we we happen to go to a to a large church, um, but on Easter Sunday. Uh, what they have traditionally done, they will not do this year, of course, but what they have traditionally done is they have rented out the local conference hall, the, the local expo center, where they have things like boat shows and RV shows and this, and, and the church rents the, out the, the facility and has three masses. Um, one at uh, early in the morning, one, one about 10 o'clock and one around 12 o'clock. Right? And, and they have at least 3,000 people at each of the masses, all right? Where we have a very, very large parish, right? at least 3,000 people. So that is 9,000 people who attend mass in that one facility on Easter Sunday. Well, they're not going to be able to do it this year. Right? And just with the with the current problem with the coronavirus, that you know that has all been canceled. Um, people are are encouraged to to attend mass either um, through television broadcasts, and some of the parishes are in fact live streaming masses said in in the private chapel in the rectory um, is being they're live streaming those masses so that people can actually attend by way of the internet. Uh, masses being said in that in our own parish by our own priests, but then there are also other masses that are that are broadcast on Radio Maria and other places. So uh, the thing is, even though you're home, this is Easter week. This is Holy Week. This is the time when we commemorate the life and death of our Lord and Savior. Do not let this go by. And as you're thinking about the coronavirus. And all the things that are going on, the only message I can give you is trust in God. Take all of the precautions that people are recommending, right? All of the, all of the stay at home or get fresh air outside or, you know, stay 10 feet apart or, you know, whatever the, the, the civil authorities are recommending, right? Follow that. You know, you can't ignore that and expect to stay healthy. But then once you've done that, trust in God. Put your lives in the hand of God. Right? As Catholics, we have the Blessed Mother who helps us get to Jesus. And we have, of course, God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Right? We, we have the tools. It's called faith. It's called putting your trust in God and putting your trust in the Holy Trinity. This is what we need to do always, of course, always, but especially in the next week as we go through 
you know, Palm Sunday, Holy Week and Easter Sunday, and, and we're fighting this coronavirus, this is our time to reflect that let God's will be done. Now, God didn't create the virus, right? but it exists and he is aware of it. In your lives, if you give your life to God, he will, in fact, see that nothing will happen to you that he doesn't allow to happen. And so we pray. Uh, there are people who get the virus, who God allows them to get the virus for particular reasons. We don't know God's plan. We don't know what, what his reason is. But also pray this week for all of those who are on the front line of this battle. Pray for all of the medical workers who are there day and night in many cases. Pray for the, the firemen, the police officers who are out there in the streets trying to maintain order in it at a time when there's a lot of disorder in our society. So a lot of prayers this week, but a lot of trust in God. That is the key. Put your faith in God. Do not get overly excited. Do not get overly concerned. Do not get hysterical. And I've talked to some people in the last week who are just absolutely hysterical about this virus. No, you, you, you're, you're listeners of Radio Maria. You should not be getting hysterical about this virus. You should be getting concerned. You should be doing the right things to try to prevent you from getting it or from spreading it. But then you should trust in God. And my message for you for this Holy Week and, and the, uh, the resurrection and Easter Sunday and, and all of this is just that. At this time, during this pandemic, I trust in God all the time. Tell God that you trust in him. Tell God that you're turning over your life to him and that he should do with your life whatever he desires because our objective is not to attain something great here on earth. Our objective is to get to heaven. And if we do God's will, we will get to heaven. We just need to know that. So I thank you for, for listening into the show today. Uh, I'll be back in two weeks and hopefully we'll, you know, we, we can get off talking about the virus and start to talk about other things. But who knows what two weeks will bring. But I wish you all a happy Palm Sunday, a very holy week, and then a very, very happy Easter. Thank you for all that you do. Thank you for listening to this show. And we will end the show the way we always do by asking our Blessed Mother, Mother of God, spread the effect of grace of thy flame of love over all of humanity now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Thank you so much for listening.